Hello, hello, hello. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Life Awakening. Let's talk about it. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Coach Callie Tammy, out here in beautiful San Diego, California. Thank you again so much for coming to join my podcast. It is November 25th right now. It's Sunday evening when I'm recording this, and I've got a lot of for you guys today. Just sit down and grab your favorite beverage and let's get started. So today, what I want to talk about is what you choose to allow, you give permission to exist. Okay, we're really diving into relationships today. And I was going to put just relationships, one, uh, relationships 101 as the title, but I think I'm, I'm uh, I think it deserves a bigger title than that because there's a lot of information that I'm going to cover here. And, you know, relationships are our whole life. If you think about it, you have your significant other, friends, kids, extended family, parents, siblings, work relationships, acquaintances. Um, Like everything you do is about relationship. Everything that you do is about relationship. Your business Even if you work in an office building with other people, the other people that you work with are a relationship. How you work with them and how you deal with them on a day in and day out basis affects your mood, how you feel, and also actually affects your home life because you actually spend more time with the people at work than you do at home most of the time. And if you have a two-income household where both parents or both people are out working a full-time job, you come home, you have less time together than what you do on the job. And if your job is affecting you in a negative way, then how do you think that's going to affect your relationship at home? So I really want to dive into this and give you guys some great information. And I really want to give out another shout out to my girl, Kim Isabel. Uh, She listens to my podcast. We graduated high school together. And she is definitely one of my biggest fans, one of my cheerleaders, one of my biggest supporters. Uh, We've been friends for over 30 years, and I love her to the moon and back. So this particular podcast is actually because of a meme that she put up on her Facebook page. And it was talking about how when women take on a partner, they're not to be a project. You're not here to fix your man. You're not, you know what I mean? Like that's not your job is to fix him. Just like it's not his job to fix you. So let's dive into that. I'm not, I'm going to start there. (laughs) You know, you, we think about our partner and and I've heard so many women say this. And like I said, I'm just bringing this raw from the hip. Um, I don't have any notes written down. I've done a lot of Facebook live posts about this subject. So I just put my Facebook uh, page link up in the profile here. So you guys can click on that, go check out my Facebook, check out some of the videos there and and get even more information. Uh, I would greatly love to hear what you have to say. So anyway, let's get back to the, to the podcast here. When you're looking for a mate, whether you're a female looking for a mate or male looking for, for a mate, it, it doesn't matter. Your purpose in looking for a mate is looking for a partner, somebody that you can lock arms with and grow with, build with, create with, inspire with, motivate with. All of those things are those positive things that you should get from your partnership. Okay? Now, if... You're dating somebody and it's getting more serious and you think that you would like to marry them. If you have a thought in your head, remember the last podcast I said you are where you are because of how you think and you got to think about what you think about. If you have the conscious thought or even a fleeting thought, because it's more subconscious and a lot deeper than what you realize it is. If you have the thought that, you know what, he's okay for now, but when I get married to him, 
I can fix that. I can change him. Same thing for you, fellas. Like, I'm not just picking on the women here. I'm a woman, so I can come from a woman's perspective. But as a man, if you go in marrying her thinking, okay, when I marry her, she'll be happy. And then I can fix the things that I don't like. I can get her to change and do this better or do this different or do it my way once we're married. It doesn't work that way. Because when you start that whole process, you have now let your mate know that they're not good enough. That they weren't good enough when you married them. And that you feel like you have to fix them, like something is wrong with them. Then the resentment starts. And then it's just this downhill barrage of argument after argument after argument, pain after pain after pain, hurt after hurt after hurt. And it's needless. Am I saying that all relationships are perfect and there should never be an argument or a disagreement ever? Absolutely not. We're human and I would be lying if I said that that's the way things work. I have some relationships in my life with some of my female friends. I've never had an argument or a disagreement with them at all, ever. Not even a crossword. And we don't always agree, but we agree to disagree when things when we're not seeing things from the same side, we can listen to the other person's point of view and say, okay, I can see what it is that you're saying. This is how I feel about that. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? I gave you my perspective. You gave me your perspective. And at the end of the day, that's really all it is. We both planted seeds. And it doesn't mean that somebody has to be right. What's real for you is real for you. What's true for you is true for you. And it all boils down to your belief system, which is your, a belief is just a thought that you keep thinking. And I, we ju I just did a 50-minute podcast on do you think about what you think about? So, like, there's a whole lot, and I may have to make this, this podcast a, a, a two-part series, <laughs> Um relationships are so important like you know the relationship with your kids the relationship with your significant other which is the main one that I'm talking about today but like all relationships are important they all tie together like you are the heart and soul of your entire world you are the center of your world you are the center of your universe. And now people try to tell you all the time, you're not the center of the universe. Yes, you are. You are the center of your universe. You may not be the center of the universe of the whole world, but you are the center of your universe. You are in control of what you allow or don't. What you choose to allow, you give permission to exist. So if you let your partner significant other, um, boyfriend, girlfriend, children, co-workers, boss, random people disrespect you and just say it's okay. Well, they were just having a bad day. Don't get me wrong. I'm all about like taking the higher road, but you teach people how to treat you by what you choose to allow. If you're dating someone and they, you constantly catch them in lies or they've cheated on you and you, they made it seem as though it was your fault. They try to put the blame on you. So number one, blaming somebody for a wrong that you did is a control tactic. Number two, blaming anybody for anything for your current circumstances is just a way for you to not have to look in the mirror and take ownership of your life. Okay. 
It doesn't matter what's going on in your relationship. Cheating is not okay. You have to set expectations for your relationship. And I, I, in this part of the, the podcast is actually coming from a conversation that I had with someone and we were talking about, he wanted to, he wanted to start seeing me again. We had seen each other in the past. And I told him, well, these are my expectations. These are my boundaries. These are my deal breakers. And outside of that, it's open for, even those are open for discussion. You know, he was like, how are you going to have expectations for a relationship? And I was like, what do you mean? How do you not have expectations for a relationship? I didn't, I didn't have expectations for a relationship before. And how did that end up? Not very well. Thank you very much. Learned my lesson. Let's move on to the next. <laughs> um, so what you choose to allow, you give permission to exist. If you're in a relationship and you don't have expectations set up for that relationship. So for me, communication is huge. I need you to communicate with me. I need you to be open to having communication. You know what I mean? If I text you, I'm not saying drop what it is that you're doing and text me back. But I do expect a response. If I call you and leave you a voicemail, great. Either call me back or text me. Some people are not big on talking on the phone and that's fine. But a response... Unless I tell you you don't need to call me back, is an expectation. Another ex, you know, <laughs> and when he said, well, I don't understand. Like he really had a hard time understanding how I could have expectations for a relationship. So I equated that to your job. You have expectations for your job, don't you? Like you go in knowing your worth. And this is another big subject, especially for women. Knowing your worth in a relationship, we get caught up as females thinking we have to be married by a certain age. We have to be married by the time we're 30. We have to have kids before we're 35. Oh, in your biological clock ticking. That's another one of those rules, bullshit rules that society places on you and says that should be your belief too. Wrong answer. If you choose to believe that, you choose to allow the rules in your life, then that's on you. Nobody is responsible for you but you. Nobody's responsible for your happiness but you. Nobody's responsible for your expectations but you. Nobody is responsible for your rules but you. It all You are in charge of your life. Your life is like a canvas. You have the paintbrush. Now, you have two options with that. Do you want to turn your canvas around and hand that paintbrush to somebody else and say, hey, I need you to paint my life out on this canvas for me? How's that working out for you? You want somebody else to tell you your value? You want somebody else to tell you your worth? When you choose to allow people to treat you any kind of way, especially in your relationship, with your significant other, you give it permission to exist. Don't come to me saying, oh, he did this, he did that, he treats me any kind of way, and da 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 Well, what are you doing about it? Well, I love him. Okay, well then shut up. Sorry, not sorry. If you choose to stay in the relationship friendship or whatever you want to call it and get, and choose to continue to be treated the way you're being treated you give up all your rights to bitch moan groan and complain about what kind of relationship it is that you have and how they're treating you if you go on a job interview I'm going to show you how expectations for your job 
relate to your relationship. If you go on a job interview, you go to that, you do your homework on the company, you know what they normally pay for the job it is that you're applying for, you know how much you got paid for doing that job at the last place, you know how much experience that it is that you have, you know the basics of what their uh, benefits package is going to be, you know whether or not you're willing to pay money for insurance or not, or a portion of it or not. You have an expectation for sick time, personal time, vacation time. You know a minimum dollar amount that you're willing to accept to take that position. And you know what you're going to ask for and you know what's negotiable or not. You know your value and you know your worth for the particular job it is that you are applying for. You know what you're willing to accept or not for that job. You have expectations that if you take that job, everything that they told you you were going to get is going to be a part of your benefits package. Period. Point blank. Not even a question. So why is it that you have those expectations for your job but you don't have expectations for your relationship. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're not planning on working until you're like 200 years old or until you die, till the, till you kick the bucket, until you go into the grave. Are you going to work to your last freaking dying day? Or are you going to retire someday? Do you plan on staying at that one job for the rest of your life? Now, if you own your own business, of course. But if you're working for somebody else, are you going to work there until you retire? Are you going to work there until you die? Probably not. I mean, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a, I own my own business. Even though I work at a gym, I have a life coaching business. I have a public speaking business. I have the podcast. I have, um, I'm an author. I'm a writer. And I, I'm part of three network marketing businesses. I am the CEO of my business. I will be working forever. But that's my choice. I'm not working for somebody else forever. So I have to set my expectations for myself. How much money do I want to make? How much money do I want to make in each of my network marketing businesses? Or am I just going to treat them, have Am I going to be a part of those network marketing businesses just so I can have the discount because I love the products? So what does that look like for you? When you go into your relationship, your relationship, I, I don't, I don't date just to be dating. I don't date just to go out and have a good time just to have somebody take me out to dinner and I have sex because I have the need. Like, I don't, I, I date with a purpose. That purpose is to have a light, to, to end up in a lifelong relationship. The next marriage that I have will be till death do us part. I've been divorced twice. Wasn't a fun experience either time. I'm 51 years old. There is no divorce at this point in my life. If someone comes along and we date and I hit that moment and he asks me to marry him and I say yes, I'm going to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that that's my forever. We will have set up our expectations. We will have set up our boundaries. We will know what our deal breakers are. And we will know that when we say I do, there's nothing that is going to put a wedge in between us and tear us apart.
that we are willing to sit down, communicate and talk and work everything out. No matter what. Unless it's one of the deal breakers. You hit one of my deal breakers, I might need bail money. I'm just going to say. <laughs> kidding. Uh, not kidding. Kidding. Maybe. Anyway. Uh, so, I mean, do you, do you guys get that? You know, this is so important. So, so, so important. You can't let other people put expectations on you that you're not okay with. Just like you should not put expectations on other people and then not be okay with it. Actually, maybe there's a better way to say that. You can't put expectations on people and them not know what those expectations are. You can't have expectations for your mate to do A, B, C, and D and you don't even tell him what it is. And then when he doesn't do it, you get mad. And vice versa. You can't go into a relationship saying, I'm going to fix him. You can't go into a relationship and keep, ladies, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to apologize. I keep saying fix him. But I am a woman and this is, this is a subject that I normally talk to with my female clients. So I, I tend to focus on that. But fellas, I know you do the same thing. You know what I mean? You go into a relationship. Ah, well, she's not that bad. I can fix that after we get married. I have heard that come out of your mouth and stop it. If there's something that your mate does that you are not happy with, it needs to have some communication and it needs to come out and get ironed out before you say I do. That's just the truth. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but a relationship to me is sacred. It's important. We are built for relationships. We can't have... Actually, you know what? Let me... We, we are built for relationships. First and foremost, we... We, we, are, we are better in relationship. We, when we come out of a broken relationship and we're hurt, we tend, and I, this one's just strictly for the ladies. I, I can only speak from a female perspective because I went through it on, on many occasions. I can't speak for how a man feels. I've coached a couple of men around relationships and they're fairly similar. Um, they're not as, they don't share their emotions as, as easily as we females do. Um, they tend to get over things a little bit easier than what, what we do. We tend to take on the blame and take on the fault and the guilt of a broken relationship. Even if they did something that warranted them, like there's, there's two sides to every story and then there's the truth. What's real for you, I said this earlier, what's real for you is real for you. And what's true for you is true for you. There were a couple of there was one relationship in particular that I was in. We were together for five years, or so I thought we were together for five years. We broke up a couple of times, got back together. He cheated on me multiple times. We were engaged. I had the ring. This was one of those times in my life where I thought I had to buy his love. I thought that subconsciously I did. I was not consciously aware of this at the moment. It, it, that was an afterthought later on. But um, I thought if you had sex with me, that you were in love with me. 
or that you loved me. I don't know, it's in love with me is a, is a different connotation. Um, I thought that you loved me if you had sex with me. Uh, maybe I should have prefaced this one as PG-13 um, at the beginning of this. But um, he had, after we got engaged, his exes started coming out of the woodwork. That should have been a clue, and it wasn't. He always started asking to borrow money, and I never would get it back. I helped him build a plumbing business, and he needed, that was back when Nextel was super big, and he needed to have phones for his co-workers. Those co-workers happened to be the other girls that he was seeing. So I paid the cell phone bill for me, my two kids, him, and three other chicks that he was seeing to the tune of $2,500. He married one of those girls, didn't tell me, and was sleeping in my bed two days later. And we were engaged. And I found out because she, saw, she found a text message in his phone for me that said, I love you. And she wanted to know why I was sending her husband text messages with I love you attached. That's how I found out. And that was the straw that broke the camel's back. I was done after that. There was no need to have any other, any other discussions. It was done. But it took me two years of healing to even think about being in a relationship with somebody else. I had several guys come up to me and say, oh, come on, like, let's go, let, let me take you out. Let me make you feel better. I know that I can treat you better, da 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 Because I was quick to spew all the things that he did to hurt me. That one right there cost me my house, my business that I was running at the time, Two cars and two motorcycles that got repossessed. And I got evicted out of two places that I rented as a result of being in a relationship with him. But I was in love. His mama tried to backdoor and tell me that he was doing dirt and I wouldn't listen because I was so blind And I wanted to be in a relationship so bad. And subconsciously, I believe that if I was alone, I was not lovable. All of this was leading up to the darkest part of my life where I almost took a whole bottle of sleeping pills in 2009. That was really where the momentum started going downhill to get me toward that dark point. But I chose, I consciously chose to ignore the signs. I consciously chose to allow him to continue to keep doing what it was that he was doing and say it was okay because he loved me. He didn't love me. He loved what I could do for him. None of that was love. All because I didn't want to be alone. Don't jump into, I, I, I beg you, please do not jump into a relationship because you don't want to be alone. If you can't be alone with yourself, your thoughts, take yourself out to dinner, take yourself to the movies, go to the beach, have a good time. If you can't do those things and be in your own company and know what it is that you like and love about yourself, you're not ready for a relationship because you can't teach somebody what you love if you don't even know what you love yourself 
most of the time we let people talk us into, oh, you love sushi, come on. And you always get the the fried sushi because you don't really like raw fish, but you're too afraid to tell your friends that you don't like it. Go to them. You tell your friends you like Mexican food, but you always get the hamburger or get the American food at the Mexican place. Have you ever just sat down and said, hey, I'm going to try something new today because I don't know if I like it or not. It is so important for you to know you. It's so important to know what it is that you want in another mate. And there are some exercises that you can do to figure it out. But number one, you have to love you. You have to like you. You have to appreciate you. You have to appreciate your alone time. You need your alone time. You need your girlfriend time or your guy time. You've got to have relationships outside your relationships. But those relationships outside your relationship should not be inside your relationship. Your relationship should, should be airtight. The one exception to that is if somehow, some way, you got into an abusive relationship and you don't know how to get out, find a friend. Tell them what's going on secretly to protect yourself. Make a plan and get out. That's a story for another day, but I'm going to throw that out there. You have to love you. You're ready for, you could possibly be ready for a relationship if you can stand in the mirror and look yourself in the eye and say, I love you. Say your name. I'm looking in the mirror right now and I can look at myself and say, Tammy, I love you. And my heart just swells up full of love, man. It just feels good to be able to say that. I remember the days when I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror because I hated who I saw staring back at me. And that's not an exaggeration. Do you know how to figure out what you want in a mate? A lot of times we say, oh, we want this, we want that, we want this, we want that. And you just say it. And now you become, I don't know, wishy-washy might be too strong a word. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. But your past relationships help you to figure out what it is that you want or not in your next relationship. What it is that you like or don't in a mate. So... All those, what you would call bad, I don't think there's any bad, yes, there are bad relationships. I don't know, I'm even going to try and lie. That relationship where he had three other women and married somebody else, that was a bad relationship. (laughs) But I made the decision to stay, so I don't blame him for that. I blame me for that. I own and take responsibility for choosing to stay in a relationship that was toxic. What did I learn from that relationship? I learned what my red flags are. I learned what I wanted and what I didn't want in my next relationship. I figured out what I wanted, what I liked about what he looked like. He did have great qualities as a person, but he had more qualities that I didn't like. Our sex life was phenomenal. And I think that was a a very big catalyst to me staying as long as I did because I equated sex to love. Sex is not love, ladies and gentlemen. Sex is not love. Love is not a light switch that you can turn on and off. 
saw something on Facebook today that I think it was on Goalcast where he asked a guy, do you know the exact moment that you fell in love with your wife? And the guy was like, no. You fall in love with your mate over time. The things it is that he does. Like you bring flowers. You're consistent with the flowers and doing things. Like when you get up and go to the refrigerator and you get a drink for yourself, but you also get a drink for your mate without asking. Because that's just what you do. You know, your mate had to work late the night before, so you let them sleep in and you fix them breakfast in bed just because. It's the little things that you do time over time over time over time consistently And then you wake up one morning and it's like, wow, I really do love everything that they do for me. I love the way that they make me feel because they choose to do these things on their own and I don't have to ask. It's time. And I, I wish I had watched it right before I did this podcast because I would have more details. But that's that's really all I remember about that one part. But it was very significant to me is that, you know, people say, oh, it was love at first sight. No, it was lust at first sight. Did you have chemistry and connection? And did you think they were beautiful or sexy or handsome? And the chemistry was great and the physical attraction was great. That's not love. That's a chemical reaction. Love happens over time. So in order to figure out what it is that you want or don't want in a mate, or what I like to call a build-a-bear exercise, (laughs) build-a-mate exercise, do you a T-chart. Okay, so get you a piece of paper out. If you're driving, don't do that. Uh, put this on pause, do this part of the exercise when you get somewhere and you can listen, get you a T-chart. And so I want you to, on the left side, put don't like or don't want. And on the right hand side of the T, put do want or do like. This is where you're going to start putting it out into the universe about what it is that you want in a mate so that all the cooperative components from the universe can start working together to bring them to you. But I'm going to add this in there. You won't get that mate until you become the person that it is that you want to attract. So a lot of times we see somebody and we say, we don't like this, this and this. Our first inclination when we say we don't like something in somebody is because we see something in them that reflects back to us. And it's something, a trait that we have that we don't like about ourselves. So as you're doing this list, just know that we're going to do, we're going to be working toward making you a better you so that you can attract your mate, your soulmate, your twin flame, your whatever title that you put on it. You're forever. So start with the things that you know that you don't like. Okay, you don't like short men. Okay. Um, you don't like people that are rude. You want them to have a job. So what does that job look like? How much money do you want them to make? Do you want them to be the CEO of a company and they're making $600,000 a year? And if you're only making $20,000 a year, how do you think that that's going to, the attraction's going to work there? You've got to level up your game to reach what it is that you want to get, get to. Not saying you're going to go from making $20,000 a year to $500,000 a year in that year. Is it possible? Yeah. Is it legal? Yeah. Are you willing to do the work? I don't know. 
That's a question you're going to have to answer. Is there a way to do it? Absolutely. Working for somebody else at a nine to five? Nope. There are hundreds, probably even thousands of network marketing companies that you can make ridiculous amounts of money at if you're willing to build the relationships, build the team and work the business, work the system, work the plan. And all of them are basically the same in how those operate. The pay plans are probably different. Um, the team that you get on and how they operate their system, uh, whether it's a push energy or a pull energy, a relationship energy, whatever that looks like. But you could level up your money game to get to attract somebody who makes that kind of money. To attract somebody that makes $600,000 a year, you're going to have to be in the same circles that they travel in. Could you meet by chance? Absolutely. Are you going to be open to meeting by chance? If you don't have the belief system and the belief structure already in place to say, you know what? Emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically, socially, I am ready for all of those things. I'm working on my financial. I'm working on my professional. And as I work on those things, you can continuously raise your vibration up. Your finances are going to come up. Your professional is going to come up. Your social life is going to come up. And all the cooperative components are going to go together for you to have a chance to meet your mate. Do you like tall guys? Do you like brown hair? Do you like blonde hair? Do you like no hair? Do you like goatee? Do you like full bird? Do you like them thick? Do you like them thin? Do you like them thin? Do you want him to open the doors for you? Do you want him to be able to cook? Do you want him to be a gym rat and take you to the gym every week? Do you... Want him to have kids. Do you want kids? Do you want more kids together? Do you want to travel? Do you care if he travels with you? Do you want to be able to take trips by yourself? What kind of car does he drive? What kind of house does he live in? What neighborhood does he live in? Does he live where you live? Do you want to move? Do you want to, uh, or do you want him to move where you are? These are all questions you got to answer. What you choose to allow, you give permission to exist. I don't want you to focus a whole lot on the things that you don't want. But you have to know what you don't want in order to know what it is that you do want. So start with a small list. You know, I want somebody to be attentive, but not needy. I want somebody that can be strong and silent, but also communicate openly. I want someone that can share his emotions, but not be overly emotional. It's like a fine line right there. I think that, that, that sharing your emotions and being needy, I think those are two. There's a very thin line in between. And that's just my opinion when it comes to that. That's my thought process. But I can tell you when I meet people, um, when, I'm, when I'm in the dating world and I'm, I'm actively dating, which I'm not right now, um, but when I was actively meeting folks, and 
I went immediately off of our chemistry connection and communication from the time that we got off the dating app to the text messages and phone calls to when I first meet you in person. All of those roll in together. And then when I meet you in person, one, you got to look like your pictures or look better than your pictures. Two, there's got to be some physical attraction. I've got to think that you are physically attractive. Whether that's the way your face looks, that's the way your body looks, or a combination of the two. Is that a big part of my relationship stuff? No, because my my range of people is all over the place. The guys that I date, it, my ex-fiance, he looked like a bodybuilder. The guy that I dated for the last five years, nothing like that at all. Polar opposites. But the communication, chemistry, and connection was what drew me to both of them. And there was physical attraction on both sides. But you really have to know what it is that you want. It gives you a destination. It gives you direction. Like when you're, are you out just having a good time while you're dating? Or are you looking for the, your forever mate? Be honest. Be open with the person that's sitting across the table from you on your date. Ask him, hey, what are you looking for? Like, I'm not looking to jump into a relationship today, but I'd like to know what the possibilities are if we decide we like each other enough to go out on a second date. Setting up your expectations. Setting up your boundaries. Discuss your deal breakers. Do you know what your deal breakers are? All of these things... can be handled through communication. Communication is key to all relationships. Consistency is key to all relationships. Knowing who you are and what you want is key to your relationships. Setting up your expectations and not wavering. Don't settle for something just to be alone. Just so you won't be alone, though. If you can't be alone with yourself and you can't look yourself in the mirror and say, I love you, you're not ready for a relationship, don't take somebody down that road when you know you're not ready. Take the time to heal yourself before you date, before you enter into another relationship. You owe that to yourself and you owe that to the other person that you're bringing into communion with you. The next person shouldn't have to pay for what the previous person did. Drop your bags at the door. Stamp them return to sender and send them on their way. Buy you a new suitcase <laughs> and make it just for you. It doesn't need anybody else's baggage in it. So, with that being said, I hope you guys got some value out of this. I think I'm going to have to do a follow-up to this one. There's a whole lot of information and I kind of Kind of went a little all over the place. I'm going to go back and listen to it before I, um, before I hit publish. But I, I think, I believe that I gave you a lot of really great information here. Um, I would love to hear your feedback. You know, there's a way to message me, message me and, and give me your feedback. Uh, my link to my Facebook page is uh, in my profile. Uh, click the link, go there. You can definitely send me a message on there. 
totally open to that. Would love to hear from you. Uh, I just want to say I appreciate you guys so much. Uh, I've got over 150 listens in 20 days. To me, that is absolutely freaking amazing. Uh, I hope everybody had the most awesome Thanksgiving ever, that you enjoyed your time with your friends and family, that you got to eat all of that good food. I got fried turkey for the first time ever, and it was freaking amazing. (laughs) Um, And I found a new way to eat my apple pie, (laughs) and that is taking lemon curd. And if you don't know what lemon curd is, if you've ever had an icebox, a lemon icebox pie, the lemon jelly stuff that's in the lemon icebox pie that's lemon curd you can buy it in a jar at the store but you take it and put it like a a little thin layer of it on top of your apple pie put some whipped cream on top of it oh holy mother of god when i tell you that is the best way i have ever experienced an apple pie in my life like i'm gonna have to keep lemon curd in the house So when I do have apple pie, I have that with it. I will no longer ever be able to eat apple pie without lemon curd again. So um, thank you, Therese, for inviting me to your family's Thanksgiving dinner. I appreciate you so much and inducting me into your family and allowing me to share in your Thanksgiving dinner while I'm here in Cali for my first Thanksgiving uh, away from home. So uh, again, thank you guys so much. I appreciate you. Uh, This was uh, a great podcast to start off this week with talking about what you choose to allow you give permission to exist. That goes for your relationship. This is really about relationships. Our whole life is about relationships. You take you with you everywhere you go. You got to work on you. And when you work on you, all the other relationships fall in alignment with who you are. You want to know how you're doing with working on you? Watch your relationships change. Your relationships mirror how you feel about you. Your relationships will mirror how you feel about you. So with that being said, love you guys so much. I hope you have an amazing, amazing week. uh, And I will talk to you again next week. Have a good night. Bye-bye now.